following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Come on. You gotta, you gotta sleep off that hangover. And I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about long haul, longhorns. Got to shake that off, put it in the fire. See, we have two of the greatest defensive ends in this church that ever played there. If we'd have had them last night, that little old fella from LSU wouldn't have been running around. One of them sitting right here. Sergio, I love you. Sergio Kendall sitting right here. Love you, son. And Corey Redding. Wow. Love these guys. Better put a whooping on them. All right. I moved on. I got my blue on today. Dallas is playing today. <laughs> and by the way, this is not a New York Giants color. All right. We'll just stand. You're awesome people. I love you. Glad you're in the house today for the first time. We're delighted. We're honored to have you here. It's good to have Ricardo in the house today. It's good to have him. He loves us. We love him. What a joy. Randy is in Louisiana. He's doing a music conference over in Louisiana, and he'll be back this afternoon. He sends his love. And Brad and Cass are leading a delegation in Rwanda, and they sent, they sent pictures of them in African garb. And I'm going to make Brad preach in that the first time he preaches when he gets home. He looked too cool over there in Rwanda. What a joy to send some people that love people. You know, we sponsored 250 of those kids over there, and when they saw... They saw our group coming, our delegation. They came running to them because they know that CLC is taking care of them. And we love that. We love that. We love missions. If you're in the house today for the first time, we're going to hear the gospel today now. It's gospel time. I tell people to come listen to our music and then put up with me for about 25 minutes and it'll be all right. So I'm going to ask you to stay attent attentive today and let me preach a little gospel to you, what God has laid on my heart. I'm talking today about God's divine visitation. I'm going to speak on God's divine visitation. Turn to somebody beside you and say, I'm going to help the pastor. And you may be seated. And as you're seated, I'm getting started. A little boy attended his first symphony concert. He loved the orchestra. His favorite musical instrument was the cymbals. It made a loud crash in sound. The family was invited backstage to meet some of the musicians, and the little boy immediately sought out the cymbalist. Say, mister, he said sincerely, how much do you need to know to play the cymbals? <laughs> Good question. And the musician laughed and answered, you don't have to know much at all, son. You just need to know when. It's not what, it's when. April 29th, 1975, something unique happened in Vietnam. Earlier, the North Vietnamese had laid siege on Saigon and Within two weeks, the city of Saigon failed. And as, as the North Vietnamese army surrounded Saigon, American civilian and military ships crowded close to South Vietnam's coastline. Many Vietnamese loyalists decided that if they didn't escape, their lives would be lost. They would die. Their immediate goal that day was to get on one of those ships. Each person stuffed everything he or she could carry in a single suitcase and frantically tried to get aboard one of the, the vessels. Some flew in helicopters out to the waters. Some flew in small planes and crashed landing them near the ship. Others took small boats and steered them toward the nearest ship. Thousands made it 
thousands more didn't make it. However, prior to this evacuation, prior to this evacuation, the American embassy had distributed a 15-page booklet called SAFE, S-A-F-E. It means standard instruction and advice to civilians in emergency. And the book included a map of Saigon showing helicopter landing zones to pick up these evacuees. The booklet instructed the Vietnamese loyalists to tune into a certain radio station, 8.20 a.m. A code expression would be read, and here was the code expression. The temperature in Saigon is 105 degrees and rising. And this sentence would then be followed by the playing of Bean Crosby's White Christmas. Foreign journalists unfamiliar with the song started playing White Christmas repetitively to be able to recognize it when it did come on the radio. And on the morning of April 29, 1975, the code went out. The song was played and it was time to leave. The helicopters were on their way and those who heard the code and the song raced to the helicopter pickup zones. Fights erupted, people struggled to be in the number picked up by the helicopters. It was called the arcs of safety. And like heavenly visitations, the helicopters came and they came for thousands, for those who were ready. Before I go any further, I want to declare I am not preaching about rapture here today. I'm not preaching about the second coming. But I do believe that there is a second coming. I believe Jesus Christ is coming again. Anybody in my corner, anybody in God's corner on that, I believe that. But in Psalms 110, the Bible says, Your people will freely join you, resplendent in holy armor, on the great day of your conquest. Join you at the break of day, the fresh break of day. Join you with all the vigor of youth. God's divine visitation. A divine visitation is when the heavens lay hold on us. Hear that. When the heavens lay hold on us. It's a burning bush calling to Moses. It's an anointing of the spirit falling on a young shepherd named David. It's Isaiah's mourning the death of an earthly king, Uzziah, only to see the radiant king of king in glory. It's frightened Gideon seeing an angel of the Lord while he was hiding behind the wine press. It's heaven's illumination to a scared Saul on the Damascus road. Again, a divine visitation is when the heavens lay hold on us. I truly believe the time is approaching for another divine visitation. We are living in the most historic times since Bethlehem's manger. The Jesus who came the first time is soon to return. All in favor of that say aye. Come on. I truly believe that. So we should begin to see astounding visitations of God to this world. For God is visiting his people in new ways, in marvelous ways. And God would like to visit you and you and you and me. He wants to not just give us his abiding presence. He wants to make his manifest presence known to us. He wants to walk with you on your job. He wants to go to your house at night. He wants to be there when you wake up in the morning. He wants to be your all day and all night God. 
He wants to be the first thing you think of when you wake up and the last thing you're thinking about when you lay down. He wants to be that kind of God. You need to prepare for a divine visitation. The expression day of visitation is found a handful of times in scripture. In the New Testament, both Jesus and the chief apostle Paul spoke of it. The word visitation literally means an inspection, an inspection, as a shepherd would inspect his sheep. And in the Old Testament, the day of visitation or the day of inspection carried not only the idea of inspection, but either acceptance or judgment. The Lord inspected to approve or disapprove. And Job in Job 10 said, I know that my inspection would bring preservation. God's for me. And Jeremiah wrote for others, it will be a time of desolation and a time of scattering. God has allowed me to be pastor of this church for a long, long time. And I wanna preach something very unique today because I think that we need to look at the fall of this year, beginning this series today on this visitation from God. We need to absolutely look toward this fall and say, you know what, God, summer is over. I'm tired. I got hot in the summer. I lost my temper a few times in the summer. Not only was the weather hot, I got in some hot situations in my life. I got in some disturbing situations, but I'm here today looking up to you saying, I need a divine visitation from you. I need to get my life back on track. I need to walk again where you want me to walk and not where I want to walk. How this day for us will 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 go for us depends on how we prepare for it. Are we anticipating God's visitation? Are you preparing for it? See, I'm not just referring, I mean this, to the second coming of the Lord. However, if that most supreme visitation is at hand, then we will see God visiting people in tremendous ways leading up to that time. And I want to feel free for God to inspect me. I want to be ready for it. And I want him to approve me. Clap your hands and let me preach to you now. There's three things that I want to talk about, then I'll let you go. I don't preach long. You that are visiting for the first time, I'll be through before you think I will. So don't get up and go get water. When you come back, we may be already dismissed. (laughs) A divine visitation is when God comes to us. That's a powerful statement. That's God will come to us. God reveals himself to us. God chooses to let us know about him. Folks, that is amazing. He made those that knew him to know about his ways. I'm not talking about being touched by an angel. I'm not talking about goosebumps or warm fuzzies. I'm not talking about an impression or a sense of his presence. I'm not talking about feeling or apprehension. I'm talking about a sudden move of his spirit bringing complete transformation in your life. I'm speaking of powerful divine intervention in our life from the almighty God. I'm speaking of somebody like the Saul on his road to Damascus looking up and the Lord striking him down and he said, I see, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. I believe with all my heart that there are still those kind of interventions from God to his people in this hour. It's not just all smooth and calm and collected. There needs to be some divine visitations of the Holy Ghost in our lives and in our hearts even now. Clap your hands and rejoice in that. I believe that. When we have people with addictions in our family, we have what we call interventions and we put them in a safe house. We put them in a place where they can get help. 
But I'm preaching about a revelation of God. I'm talking about an intervention of a, revel, of a revelation of God that shoves out your ego, yeah. that shoves out yourself, that takes away your personalities that you thought you had. And heaven lays hold on us. And a divine visitation is a radical altering of our life. Some folks call it repentance. I call it more than that. I call it changing roads from what you're walking on to what you're gonna walk on. Turning completely around and said, I'm tired of walking that way. I'm gonna walk this way. And understanding that situations can be unbelievably resolved and outcomes can be magnificently elevated. David said it this way, the day of his power. That's what a visitation is, the day of his power. Habakkuk saw it. I love Habakkuk. If you want to read an exciting book, go to the message version and read Habakkuk. He said God's on his way again. Woo. Retracing the old salvation route. Coming up from the south through Teman, the holy one from Mount Paran. Skies are blazing with his splendor. His praise is sounding through the earth. His cloud brightness like dawn exploding, spreading, forked lightning shooting from his hand. What power is hidden in that fist? Plague marches before him, pestilence at his heels. He stops, he shakes the earth. He looks around, nations tremble. The age-old mountains fall to pieces and the ancient hills collapse like a spent balloon. That's the kind of God I want to walk into our house. I want that kind of God to walk into our house. And I want to declare something to you right now. I need that in my life. I need that in my life because we've been in this building program way too long. And our bank did not come through for us. I'm being as totally honest as I can. And so we said goodbye, see you later. 29 years wasn't enough to be with them. We went to another bank that loaned us some money in two weeks. In two weeks. In two weeks. And we're already at the title company and closing now. So next week, the, the hammer's gonna start again. The saw's gonna start again. And when it does, when it does, when it does, this pastor's gonna be jumping like a Toyota commercial a long time ago and clicking my heels because I need a divine visitation to let us know that God is with us and we're gonna build this structure and put a bigger building here and cause the reign of the Holy Ghost to come down on more people than ever before. Clap your hands and rejoice with that right now. Yes, sir. God is on the move. Again, listen to the earth. It's sighing, it's groaning. Watch the heavens, they erupt with his glory. Heaven is taking hold. Isn't that what happened when the church was born? There was a sound from heaven, like a wind, fire fell, divine visitation. God came to them. And in Acts 2, they were amazed and they marveled. And they asked, what does it mean? It means that God comes suddenly. God comes suddenly. Wouldn't it be cool if you got to your office and you was at the water cooler at the coffee shop or at the coffee uh, counter and you just started pouring that coffee and God said, I'm here. Ooh, yes, Lord. Huh? <laughs> How do you like your coffee, Jesus? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool when you walked in your house and the alarm went off by itself? I mean, shut off and you said, I didn't turn that off and Jesus said, I did. And the presence of God was there. Wouldn't that be cool if God just stepped up? I'm telling you folks, it's time to start believing that God can do anything in our lives. Some of you have been hanging on to problems and situations for a long time. And what you need is a good old fashioned divine visitation of God Almighty in your life. You need heaven to come down and turn you around and suddenly show you a new way in your life. Not a slow dawning, not a gentle sunrise, not a gradual awareness 
But suddenly doubts disappear. Suddenly problems are, over, problems are overwhelmed. Suddenly struggles are won. Tempers are conquered and habits are broken. It still can happen, folks. It still can happen. God does things on his time clock and sometimes his time clock is real fast. The second thing I want to show you is not only a sense of our problems being solved, but when God visits, there's a fresh awareness of his presence. The psalmist said, in the day of God's visitation, his people will be willing and their strength will be renewed as the morning dew. With fresh awareness of his presence, great results or great changes result. People see God in a new way. We gain a new sense of his greatness. We understand more of his ways. We are seized with a fresh revelation of his awesomeness. A sense of awe and depth and worship consumes us. In a day of God's visitation, getting to church on time will not be a problem. Uh, did I say that? <laughs> Computer games and phones and text messaging during services will disappear. Put your phone up. Daydreaming is replaced with witnessing and ministering. And gossip is replaced with godliness. Shut my mouth. I long for a divine visitation. In a day of God's visitation, no reminders will be needed to spend time with God. Our faces will be aglow with special favor. Our speech will be encouraging and uplifting. Our talents will be utilized. Our giving will be cheerful. And our witness will be electric. Anyone desire a divine visitation? The great revivals in our nation's history prove that when God visits, immense changes take place at rapid speed. People are stirred. Communities are moved. Once apathetic people now pursue God with a passion when God visits. I don't, I don't mean to talk personal about my family so many times, but I love my dad. My dad left us in 2010, the last day of December. But my dad went through a tragic time in his life when my brother, my only brother, took his life in 1992. In the fall of 92, dad went to a deep depression. Dad, who was my hero, a big, strong giant of a man, went into a deep, dark depression he slept most of the day. He didn't have much to say. He just kind of moped around the house. A man who worked so hard. A man who tried so hard. But about the first of the year, about, about maybe February, the first of the next year, my dad called me one day and he said, Son, I'm feeling better today. And I said, Dad, really? He said, Yeah, I'm feeling better today, son. He said, uh, I felt the Lord walk in my room. I never have felt that, but I believe the Lord just came and saw me. And I got up out of bed and he said, son, I hadn't had an out in three days. And he said, I just think I'm going to be all right. Yeah. So how we know he's going to be all right? Well, later that summer of the next year, he, was, he contacted colon cancer and had to go through 52, 52 chemotherapies and all kinds of radiation. And he lived another 20 years. Never with despondency and discouragement and doubt and fear again. Because when God steps up, it doesn't matter what comes after that. When you have one of those divine visitations, everything starts falling in place and you understand, if God be for me, come on now, who can be against me? When God visits, we grow aware of his purpose, what he wants from us. We offer ourselves willingly. Calendars are laid aside, misplaced priorities fall away. We pray with Isaiah, Lord, here am I, send me. Does anyone want a divine visitation? How? How do we receive it? Do we send God an invitation 
or is this on his schedule or ours? Who initiates it? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my third point before you now. God comes to those who prepare for him. Anybody ready? Anybody ready? See, it's more than me just preaching this gospel to you. It's more than me just talking the good things of God. It's more than us just doing series like we're doing now in September. It's more than that. You've got to find a place in your heart to let God come in and visit you. And everybody in this house needs to hear what I'm about to say. Sometimes we do the inviting. God said, call on me and I will answer you. Call on me. Some people call on everything but God. But when you open your lives, when you search his word, when you seek his face, when you wait on him, when you look for his coming, as the lame man, we look for the waters being troubled. I'm gonna get in them. As David, we look for the stirring in the top of the balsam tree, the mulberry trees. I'm gonna hear it. We prepare for his visitation. And at other times, he comes when we least expect it. Bible said in Isaiah, before we call, he comes. He comes before we call. Anybody ever had one of those times? Come on now, he comes. Even then, it's to those who are prepared for him. It's to Noah who finds grace. It's to Abraham who's judged faithful. It's to Deborah who wants to see God's name advanced. It's to Simeon and Anna, two old people at the temple waiting on the promise that they had received from God, that they would see the face of the Messiah. And finally, in their 80s, perhaps 90s for him, both Anna and Simeon saw it. They had prepared all their lives for that day and they saw him. I want you to look at me right now. Everybody look at me right now. Are you ready to see God operate in your life? Are you ready for it? I give it to you in the name of the Lord right now. Somebody receive it in Jesus' name right now. Are you ready? Because if you want it, you can have it. If you desire it, it's for you. If you don't want it, he'll be a gentleman and walk on down the road. But if you want it, it's here right now in your life and in this house. Make room. Make room. A visitation from God is more important than your gym trip. It's more important than your six-mile daily walk. It's more important than my early morning Starbucks coffee. I preached to myself. It's more, 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 more important than your evening newspaper. Make room in your life. Make room for a divine visitation. Clear out the clutter. Clear the calendar. Throw out your to-do list and disconnect from your shallow obligations. Those don't mean anything up beside the presence and the power and the glory of God. Nothing. Nothing. I love this church when we're in prayer mode. I love it. I love this church when we seek God. And we'll be calling this church to prayer this month. This month we will be in prayer. Toward the last of the months, we're going to pray our, our seven days so we can tithe on the entire year. 365 days, we're going to pray 36 of them early in the morning. Because I believe that God honors a praying people. And I want every one of you in this month, we're going to be talking about what I'm talking about today. We're going to be talking about this visitation. I want to be prepared for the visitation. I want it to happen in my life. I want it to take place in my life, my wife's life, my children's life. I want everybody in this house to feel it. Years ago, there was a movie called Field of Dreams. I'm closing. And the main character sensed that he needed to mow down a cornfield to make room for a baseball field. And not just any field, but one where the ghost of baseball past greats would come to play.
And he felt that if he built the field, they would come. And guess what? They did. But guess what? It was a movie. It was just a movie. People, you can mow down all the cornfields you want, and the only people who will come play ball on those ex-cornfields are neighborhood kids. Neither yesterday's ghost nor space aliens will appear to occupy the space that you have prepared. But if you prepare your heart, if you prepare a place, if you go there regularly, if you find a time to seek him, he will meet you where you are. He did it with Daniel who worshipped him in a strange land. He did it with Cornelius, a Gentile that knew hardly anything about him, but he showed up for him. He will with you. When Jesus visited Jerusalem, he wept because they did not know the day of his visitation. They didn't recognize it. Later we read the reason they didn't recognize it was because Jerusalem's temple was crowded with too much stuff and not enough prayer. Is it any wonder that her leaders' hearts were crowded with hate and not love? Once again, I will tell you, summer is over. Say it, summer's over. It's time to buckle down. It's time to say, I want this thing that God has for me. It's time to make room for morning prayer and devotion. It's time to make room in, in your heart for prayer before you retire for bed. It's time to open your hearts as we open the word. Let's make room for a divine, a divine visitation. The day of his power is near. The day of his visitation is at hand. And the Bible says the more so as you see that day approaching. Folks, I got to tell you a little, little something, a little scary. When the Lord comes, it's going to be pretty quick. And somebody said, I'm going to go up with her. I'm going to grab her skirt. Oh, good luck with that. I'm going to grab onto daddy's pants. And yeah, good luck with that. You better be hoping he ain't wearing shorts that day. <laughs> but it's going to come very soon. Jesus is coming. And it's been a long time since I've made that statement in this church, but the Lord is coming. And I need to prepare myself. I need to prepare myself for the coming of Jesus Christ. Come on, clap your hands all, all around his house. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. So the code went out. The song was played. Some who had listened that day before weren't listening that day on April the 29th. Some had planned to listen the next day weren't listening that day. And some who listened that day were away from the radio and didn't hear the code nor the music. Those who listened were ready and they were caught up and taken away. My question is, are you listening? Do you have the radio turned up? Do you have the heavenly dial turned up? And are you listening for the code? You listening for the song? Can you feel the steady throbbing and drumming of an approaching Savior? Are you ready for the day of visitation? Matthew 25, there's a story of 10 women that were all virtuous. They were virgins. But five of them weren't ready. It's not how good a life you live. It's not the goodness that you have. It's, it's the God factor in you. They didn't have what it took to go to the bridegroom. So they tried to borrow. You can't borrow this. You got to get it for yourself. You got to get it for yourself. 
And it's, 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 it's an awesome thing to think that you can get it for yourself. You can have it. It's more than just getting our community ready and it's more than getting our families ready. It's getting ourselves ready. I got to get myself ready so I can get my family ready so I can reach my community with this gospel that God has put in my life. Larry King once interviewed the great and wonderful Billy Graham. And Larry raised the question, what has surprised you in life? And without hesitation, Billy Graham replied, the brevity of life, the brevity of it all. He said, when I was young, time walked. And when I grew older, time ran. Before I knew it, time flew. And much too quickly, he said, I was through. I was through. Henry Ford said, getting ready is the secret of success. Anybody want to get ready? Anybody want to get ready? You know, LSU ran some plays last night in our line. We're still wondering where they're supposed to line up. They wasn't ready. And we were burned on those plays. I didn't mean to bring that out. It wasn't in my notes. <laughs> but you got to get ready. You got to get ready. Douglas MacArthur said, preparedness is the key to success and victory. And now, I finish with my favorite favorite illustration that I've never told you in all my years back in 1972 the Dallas Cowboys were playing the San Francisco 49ers in a playoff game out in, in the bay and my, my special friend and the man I love very much Tom Landry was coaching with that funny hat on his head and the Cowboys were losing by 15 points with less than two minutes to play in the game, a minute 57 seconds. And he turns to a young Navy man that had never been in the game and never started a game, and he said, Roger, go in. Speaking of Roger Staubach, my all-time hero. I still enjoy number 12. And if he played today, Dallas would win. And Roger Stallback said something that has blown me away. He looked at him and he said two words, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And he went in and in less than two minutes he scored two touchdowns and a field goal and won the game. And he won the game because he was ready. He was ready. I want this church to be ready for any and everything that God has for us to do in this last hour. I don't want us to be sitting on our, on our lees and settling on our lees and, and reared back and saying, preach to me, Pastor. No, 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 no. I want us to be ready. We got to be ready. We can't be walking around trying to find our position or our place in the church. We got get, to get ready. It's time to experience a divine visitation from the great God of heaven. Would you stand all over the building? You're awesome people. Receive the word with a hand clap right now. Receive the word with a hand clap right now. Amen. 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 Singers, would you come? I want you to bow your heads just a moment. I want you to close your eyes just a moment. 
And we're going to do something here at the front of the church here today that I think is very important. We're going to uh, we're going to come as couples and families. I'm giving a saved call today, not a lost call. I'm giving a saved call. I'm giving a call to people that just says, "Lord, I want to prepare myself for the visitation that you're going to send me. I want to prepare myself." An angel appeared to Mary one day and said, "You're going to have a son. You've been highly favored and chosen. You're going to have a son." His name's going to be Jesus. Hallelujah. And when that angel left, Mary prepared herself even more because it did happen. Here's what I want to tell you. I'm prophesying and telling you today. I'm telling you, God's got some great things for you in this house. He's got some great things for you in your family. He's got some great things for you individually. But you got to prepare yourself. I wonder if anybody...